death to self or the crucified life. Perhaps the most important episode that I have done in this series, you will want to hear it, you will want to share it, and it is good news. Death to self or maybe more properly, the crucified life is good news. We preach as much as we can here in an hour. More teaching will be forthcoming. Check back and check back again. Welcome. This is Jesus, the Pattern Son, attempt to give you sonship doctrine that is faithful and fulsome, or in other words, a go at it that's biblical and orderly. Today we are preaching death to self or the crucified life as good news. Hallelujah. You may know, you, my people, that death to self is the central doctrine of the move of God (laughs) that we knew we grew up in. And I think today may be the crowning contribution, at least this, this topic, once it's fully taught. And certainly it's a very important episode. It's going to help you, my people, and it's going to help any who come this way after us. Today I'm going to preach what I find in Scripture, and I find it good news. It's worthy, this topic of death to self or the crucified life, is worthy of a long teaching that will be forthcoming. And I will attempt in that one to cover all the pertinent scriptures with reference to other people's preaching and comparisons. But that's too much to do (laughs) for today. Today we're going to look at some of the most important scriptures. And we're going to find out what we are taught and should believe about death to self or the crucified life. So the first step is to talk about Jesus, what he said. And we're going to start in Mark 8. Then the second step is going to be to go and see what the basic doctrine of Paul is. So we're going to go to Romans. And then we're going to find out that therefore there is now no condemnation. And so what is the point and what are the ditches on either side so we stay in the, the the good way of the Lord, following the Lord. Okay? All right. So let's go right now to Mark the 8th chapter. Okay, so you're all familiar with Mark. This may be the oldest of the four Gospels, possibly. And you may not know that Mark is written in a chiasmic structure. So chi is the letter X in Greek. So chiasmic structure. He uses this structure. Um, In fact, Hebrew poetry uses this structure. Um, this is that, and that is wow, the other. So, um, chiasmic structure in literature about how people lay out their meaning. And therefore, the most important point is at the center. And this is the center of the Gospel of Mark. And if you don't understand anything I've said about chiasmic structure, fine. This is the point of Mark, right here, smack dab in the middle. And so let's read Mark 8. We'll start in 31. Far be it from me to say not reading in context because the context is also inspired. We all know that best interpretation is in historical and grammatical context. So this is an old gospel when people knew Jesus and were alive would have said, oh, no, if, if Mark had written something wrong. And historical context a grammatical context. So I'm going to read. We're going to read for several uh, verses. It's actually two paragraphs or two pericopes. So Mark 8, starting in 31. And he, Jesus, began to teach them, the disciples, that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, 
for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Right, so that's fairly important. Jesus tells the disciples ahead of time that he's going to suffer, die, and be resurrected. Something that perhaps they forgot. But very important, especially now that we know the rest of the story. And Peter doesn't like that, and he gets rebuked publicly. Jesus saw that the other disciples were watching. Okay, So we got the story right. So verse 34, back to Scripture. And when he, Jesus, had called the people unto him, the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake in the Gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So this is to the people. Again, it speaks of the cross. However, in this case, it is an invitation to follow. And you're familiar, I'm sure, that this verse is used for altar calls and hallelujah, may it be so. So we are invited to follow Jesus and it will profit us and it will cost us. <laughs> okay, because we are following Jesus and to follow Jesus does mean to pick up a cross. Let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. But he goes to glorious places after the cross. So we're not going to keep the little that we have now when we could exchange it for more. And that's what the, the verse says here. For what shall a profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So we want our souls more than the world. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Well, eternal life perhaps. But he's, he's talking about keeping your soul. All right. Rather than giving it away for the world. Don't give it away for the world. So let's keep it all in mind here. This is central. And so this is a very important teaching. Central to understanding Jesus, to understanding Christianity according to Mark. And no one spoke against that as far as we know. What does this mean? This means we that we are invited to follow Jesus. It means that we're going to follow him in ways that will cause us to deny ourselves. What does it mean to pick up one's cross? It very well may mean persecution because clearly the fact of the matter was that Jesus' cross entailed the scribes, Pharisees, chief priests condemning him. So very likely it's persecution. Now some people think that it's poverty and sickness. I don't see that in this these verses. I would say that if you are poor or sick, you should definitely deal with what that or whatever tribulations come your way in a manner that Jesus would. But Jesus, we don't know that he was ever sick or in lack. If he needed even tax money, <laughs> he could just send out a disciple and it came to the disciple in the mouth of the fish. So we don't see Jesus poverty stricken or sick. But I'm sure he spoke always sweetly. Well, except it was necessary in teaching. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So those people up to the 18th century who said that being sweet during our tribulations was our cross. Well, that may not be wrong, but that's not in the scripture. Okay. So let's do compare scripture to scripture. We know that that's a good practice. So let's go over to Matthew 10 and 38 and see the same thought carried up by Matthew 10 and 38. Okay. So where are we going to start the paragraph? Oh boy. It, the paragraph, as far as I can tell, starts in Matthew 10 and 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise serpents and harmless as doves. Beware of men. 
for they you'll be brought before rulers and Gentiles and they'll deliver you up. And so here we see persecution for preaching the gospel and then talks about brothers and family and then back down to 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before the Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace but a sword, for I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. 37. He that loveth his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So this is King James. I'm told that the Greek and the Aramaic is talking about loving less. But anyway, verse 38. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me, he is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake for my sake shall findeth he that receiveth you receiveth me and he that okay so clearly it's in the context of preaching and adhering to the gospel and the resistance we'll get from the world and persecution even from authorities that's the context very clearly that Matthew has put it in and 10 and 38 he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me and he that findeth his life shall lose it and loseth his life for my sake shall find it so this is about following Jesus himself preaching the gospel and while that may entail loss of friends repute money and possibly even life for many people have been martyred Yet there is a greater reward. That's what the scripture says. Luke 9 and 23. So there is a reward. There is a death. 9 and 23. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Whereas Matthew was writing to Jews who were steeped in Jewish lore and tradition, scripture, Luke was writing mostly to Gentiles, Greeks, and Romans, and was a travel companion of Paul. And so here he brings out the daily. So here he's not talking so much about being a martyr, but the daily, uh, the similar kinds of self-denial that come from following. And again, he puts it in the context of who do you say that I am? And if you say Christ is the Son of God, so Christ is Messiah. Messiah is a concept for the Jews, but Son of God flies in the face of who Caesar thought he was. All right, another scripture, Luke 14 and 23. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be full. Uh-huh. Well, I was so surprised at that myself. I thought I had selected the wrong scripture to read no <laughs> Luke 14 and 23 compel them to come in for I Jesus said say unto you that none of these men which were bidden shall taste of my supper and then in my King James paragraph 25 so it's Luke 14 and 25 and there went great multitudes with him and he turned and said unto them, If any man come unto me, and hate not his father, and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross, and come after me, cannot be my disciple. For which of you intendeth to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient 
to finish it lest haply after he laid the foundation and is not able to finish it all that behold it began to mock him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish and he goes on but here again the take up your cross is about loving Jesus more than anything else and it's not far from the context of preaching the gospel inviting other people to Jesus these things are connected even though perhaps not perhaps we have not realized this sufficiently and so it's not at all inculcated into our practice our meaning my people you in the move so hallelujah say law Luke 14 and 23 I invite us all to go back and look at that and surely also for those who are in the regular nominal church today this is not the kind of preaching we would get follow me and you have to take up your cross no it's just say a prayer and then come for coffee time and we'll have a nice little show for you which will fit into only an hour yes Lord help us Lord help us we repent we repent of substituting gospels help us to pay attention and help us to love you appropriately for you poured out for us a perfect life help us take up our cross and follow you to the resurrection life thank you Lord we repent and may repentance be granted to many amen And then John 12 and 24. John 12 and 24. Verily, again, Jesus speaking. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve him, him will my father honor. So once again, we see that there is a kind of death to self, and John, in his simple language and deep, profound spiritual thought, compares this death to self as they see dying and losing of life, but gives us a little more clue as to keeping life for eternal. So giving up this life or the goods of this life, because it's daily, it's not always a martyr, and then getting a great reward of eternal life. And eternal is both everlasting and a quality now. Eternal is a quality. Everlasting is length. And unfortunately, King James sometimes mixes those up. Also let us on the same idea of this kind of taking up one's cross. Let's compare a couple of epistles. Ephesians 4 and 22. That ye put off concerning the form and conversation the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that ye put on the new man which is after God is created in righteousness and true holiness wherefore putting away lying speaking everyone to truth to his neighbor and so forth so and then Romans 6 11 we'll get to we'll come back to Romans ah so likewise reckon yourselves also to be dead indeed unto sin and alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey the less of it so here's the connection if you see life eternal as the reward for giving up the concerns of this life then that brings you to the kind of thought that Paul had once again following Jesus is picking up your cross to be a martyr even daily 
and therefore we reckon ourselves as having died. Again, Selah. So, reviewing here, recapping. Mark 8 is the oldest and most central story we have of Jesus talking about this. He says, pick up your cross, follow me. I am going to a literal cross. The authorities are literally going to kill me. And then he makes a widespread invitation to the people, not just to the disciples, to come and follow him, that there is a promise greater than what they will obtain if they have a life, a concern of their own life. Ooh, central, big, and this is the basic. Okay, so then let's go to Romans. Now, why is Romans so central? Romans is Paul's mature doctrine, and it is a book of doctrine, whereas most books that Paul wrote, most of the epistles, are specific answers to questions, deal with specific situations in specific churches. Romans, by contrast, lays out Paul's doctrine, and it's the most fulsome that we have from Paul. So let's go back to Romans 6, and let's start, but let's start at 6 and 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid! How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So there's the same idea of the the seed from John. Verse 6, Romans 6 and 6, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified past tense with him that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin verse 7 and he that is dead is freed from sin now if we be dead with Christ we believe that we shall also live with him knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more death hath no more dominion over him Verse 10, For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Verse 11, Therefore reckon yourselves also dead, likewise reckon ye also yourselves, to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 12, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. All right, thus says Paul. So this is a central doctrine. He is talking about having died in Christ and baptism showing that burial. And therefore we should live in newness of life. So we should live a resurrection life. Do people always manifest the full resurrection life? Clearly not. And Paul is talking about, therefore you shouldn't live in sin. So this is the daily walk. Yes, and this is about following Jesus. And specifically, he says, Romans 6 and 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. 
past tense, crucified past tense, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we henceforth should not serve sin. Present result. And this also, as I read this, it just really struck out, struck out to me, is Romans 6, 9 and 10, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died also unto sin once. But then then he liveth, he liveth unto God. That's also very important. Once. So, Jesus died once. And we follow him. And when did we die? Is it past tense or future tense? Is it something that we need to attain? We keep dying, we keep dying, we keep dying in hopes that we have life? Or did we die with him? We were crucified with him. And baptism signifies that we were buried. And therefore. And therefore. What therefore? Therefore we should not live according to sin. And therefore we live in newness of life. We live the resurrection life. And of course Paul has a whole argument a whole sweep of argument Romans 1 through 8 and I recommend you read it I won't read all of eight chapters to you but I'm going to remind you that the sort of the crescendo the the finale da, 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 is Romans 8 which we love you my people we love our people <laughs> broken into two companies or three <laughs> my people we love Romans 8 but let me remind you Romans 8 and 1 there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus Selah so you know there is a scriptural controversy and if you want to receive all that King James the authorized version puts in Romans 1 fine but the better reading from Greek is, and I'm going to transfer over to the New American Standard, Romans 8 and 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, period. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. This follows with what Paul says. And yes, you should be in the spirit, of course. But you see that this is hugely good news. Hugely good news. Hugely, hugely, and especially to us. So, if you're following Jesus, yes, there is a death to self. This death to self is about giving up the old life, and in fact, maybe your life, in terms of not denying Jesus and preaching, and there will be persecutions for that. It doesn't say that you have to take on any more suffering than that. The persecution, yes. The self-abnegation of giving up sin, yes. But all of us know, all of us, you and me, we know that sin isn't really a very good deal. <laughs> you might enjoy uh, a drink or two, but being drunk is not fun. You know, being drunk and sick is not fun, and being a drunkard is really not fun and wrecks your life. So, really... That's a good deal. And likewise, even martyrdom, if we believe the end of the story, you know, Jesus honors himself, honors martyrs. He stood up for Peter, uh, for, for Stephen, stood up for Stephen, the first martyr. So, once again, let's not lose that thought. Central following Jesus. Everyone who follows Jesus has to take up cross like Jesus did but Jesus died once so we are going to take up a cross daily daily in terms of continuing to deny our old nature that would bring us to sin but that's a good deal and daily in terms of facing any kind of persecution that we get from being Jesus followers from being Christians yes but then we get to walk in newness of life. Then we get to walk in power and signs and wonders. So give up sin and get peace, joy, the fruits of the Spirit. Face persecution, work in signs and wonders, 
and get more crowns and honor in heaven and for eternity. All good news. We were crucified. Jesus died once and we were crucified. Past tense. And we just live it out. And living it out means not sinning. Okay, so I just heard uh, the wind go past. Has all of you gasped when you realized that's not what we've been taught? So self-denials, death to self is not a recurring over and over and over again where you give up the Christ life. And most especially not something that you fill your entire life with in hopes of being saved. Nor is it something that we forgot in another generation while we pursue the blessings of this life. (laughs) Right? So there is a ditch on either side. But it's great news that there's no condemnation. It's great news that we get resurrection life for, I mean, if you're going to do crucifixion, you should get resurrection. Hallelujah. It's great news that you die once. It's great news that we were already buried. It's great news that we can progressively walk in resurrection life. That's all great news. Okay, let's go and follow that thought in Romans 8, 12, and 13. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Like, uh, yeah, that fits in Paul's arguments. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. All right, so we're not cutting this out and throwing it out. This you're very familiar with. But we're mortifying the deeds of the body based on the fact that we're already dead. Based on Jesus' cross. Not as if we're going to invent crosses for ourselves repeatedly so we can attain salvation or perfection. That wouldn't fit in with Paul's argument. We're not going to pull it out of context. And the same thing, of course, Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore. You see, there is a therefore. He hasn't pulled it out and arguing something else. So because we are dead, because therefore we're going to continue to live in resurrection life, and therefore we're going to be conformed not to the world, but transformed by following Jesus, by following Spirit. Okay? Can't be out of context. And while we're at it, let's do Philippians 2, 12 and 13. 2, 12 and 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So, if does it stop there? Shall we rest it from context and say, you have to work for salvation? Does that fit in anywhere with Paul? Does that even fit with what Jesus said? Let's go on to the next verse. Verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. Of course. So we know that there is a behavioral therefore. But it's good news because there is now no condemnation. This takes away the fear, the cravenness, the question. Because we are saved. We were saved. We were healed. We were crucified. There is a, another preacher new on the scene, Kevin Zadai, and I, I don't know all about him, but he does have a CD about the crucified life. And so since I was studying Death to Self, I put in his CD on the crucified life, and I listened to it. I thought, oh, I, um, I must have been distracted by driving listen to it again I don't recognize that listen to it again well yeah that's all scripture that's all scripture but his crucified life teaching doesn't seem to relate to death to self at all Uh, what listen to it again and again again go to scripture oh yes (laughs) right so 
There is a crucified life. We are living the crucified life, the crucified and resurrected life. We are not inventing ways to die to self so that we can attain something, certainly not salvation. That doesn't fit with the rest of scriptures. So, conclusion. There is a ditch on both sides. You know, there is a, a famous, famous faith preacher who sold his Bible with all of the color markings. And I got that New Testament and Mark 8 wasn't highlighted. Okay. Well, he's not preaching the full counsel of God. Well, ask him and he says he's not. He's just preaching a faith message. Okay, so there is a ditch on the other side. There is a following Jesus. I don't see where poverty or sickness or misery follows, but persecution does. Okay. I have found in my own life that to be very comforting. Because when I've faced persecution, to realize that Jesus taught that I would. So it wasn't my fault for not having done it. He even more and more and more and more carefully and suavely and tweakedly. But no, sometimes if you follow Jesus, you're going to get persecuted for following Jesus. Sometimes being righteous and doing the right thing will get you hated. So therefore, when, not if, you're persecuted, rejoice. I find that comforting. <laughs> so there is... Of a ditch on that side of the road of thinking there's no death to self. However, the ditch on the other side of the road is thinking that it's all future or that it's unknown or that somebody else can make it up for you and that you must live a life of always being in misery at somebody else's request in order to hope that one day you will be saved or be perfect or something. That's the ditch on the other side. No, we live the crucified life and the resurrected life now because of Jesus having died once. This is highly important to keep between the two ditches. Why? Because it could be a loss of salvation for three possible reasons. One, it could be an exasperation of the unattainable. Exasperation for the unattainable and therefore motivation to turn from following Jesus. And I think many second generation have decided this and this is why they're turning away. They're leaving Christianity because of the striving of their parents. So their parents fell off in the ditch and the younger people in bewilderment left Jesus eh, that's not what Jesus had in mind he had a, a, a good deal you know it's not profiting to keep your lower self he wanted a, a profitable or a good exchange and, and who wouldn't want resurrection life okay so that's the first possible reason it could be loss of salvation is exasperation at the unattainable and so turning away Two, letting down of trying. The letdown, here we go. The letdown of trying all one's life to achieve, to strive, to attain something that has already been obtained and given to us. So if you try all your life to get something that you already have, that's very sad. It's very sad because you're living a miserable life. But also when you realize what you've done, it's sad. So just like, say you were an heiress and you had millions in the bank and servants and, and you went out and starved in the garden trying to raise enough food for yourself and you weren't a very good gardener and, and you worked and people were saying, no, you, you own this estate. Why don't you come on in? You know, we'll be happy to feed you. No, I, I, I haven't made enough Brussels sprouts here. <laughs> so... The letdown of trying all your life to achieve something, to strive for something, to attain something that's already been given to you. So, if you're an heiress, you do need to know how to manage your father's estate. You need to know how to deal with your father, and you need to know how to deal with servants. You need to know how to provision the gardener, right? But, you have to live out the life of an heiress. 
but you don't attain it. You were just born into the rich family in that story, which is the best way I can illustrate. So exasperation at the unattainable, the letdown of trying to attain something that you already have, and three, worst of all, if you feel that you have attained it by your own works, you have chosen another gospel. You have accepted not God, but some set of human rules. Maybe you've had a miserable life of self-abdignation, or maybe you have lived a comfortable life of pride, but either way, salvation is not works, because, newsflash, you may be approved of men. You may have power and repute and be heralded as the great poobah of all things, but you're still not holy enough to be in God's presence without the blood of Jesus, without the advice, counsel, covering of Holy Spirit. So this might be the scariest of all, to think that you have attained, you have arrived. And in fact, your heart has been stolen away from Jesus toward humans, whether humans above you who approve of you because you followed the rules or humans below you who approve of you because you've obtained status in their social group. It's a bait and switch and you're not saved because you're only saved based on death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus the Christ. You need to be following him and not following these Pharisees, Sadducees, and chief priests. So that's the bad news. It could be loss of salvation. It could be a miserable life. But the good news is that we're invited to follow Jesus. We have been crucified and raised with him. We have been given new life in Jesus. Given! And it's even greater news that we can walk it out. This is a great mystery. It's a great mystery. We shall not all sleep. (laughs) It's a great mystery that death by death has been annihilated. That's old Greek liturgy. That Jesus killed death by his own death. A greater gift that we can live in resurrection life now. And although we see it partially, we're coming. We're living in glory. We're going from glory to glory. So I'm going to put in here now, it occurred to me while I was waiting to record this, that why is doing a work in me always about resigning oneself to a sadness? Well, of course, God will do a work in us and we're going to lay aside our sin. And we're going to lay aside our preferences for the preferences of our brother or sister. That's all true. But why can't doing a work in us also include adding spirit, adding courage, adding the the strength, the persistence of standing for the right and doing the right thing? If we're going to rule and reign in the millennium, how is it that we are not going to fight battles against wickedness here? Why is doing a work always about being weaker and a pansy and resignation is doing a work about resignation or is it about walking out newness of life walking out the Christ life hmm all right so doing a work it's like death to self there's 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 two ditches we need to stay out of walk in between so there is a warning death to self is not a method to get saved it is not about our self-effort to become perfect because that is not in the economy of Christ. That's not what Christ taught, what Jesus taught, is not what Paul taught. There is a path to walk in, to prove, to uh, experiment, to demonstrate what the life of Christ is. Yes, we follow him. Yes, there is a centrality of the cross. A centrality of the cross But primarily, it's the cross of Jesus. We follow Jesus. We follow Jesus. He doesn't follow us. We follow him. So let's not fall into either ditch. There is a cross to pick up. 
that this is about following Jesus, about Jesus living in us through the Holy Spirit. It's not about picking up a similar cross. It's not about us dying to obtain salvation. Clearly, the opposite. Hebrews 9, yes. So let's keep close to the Word and in the Spirit. Jesus' cross and mine in His. And that's good news because that means as somebody else says it's rigged in your favor so that's how it's rigged in your favor we are crucified and therefore we are raised we're baptized and therefore into newness of life because of his death and so therefore we're going to walk it out Woo-hoo! and therefore we can be assured we can be assured of victory that's why it's good news we live the crucified life now like every preacher I'm going to allow you to give into this ministry this ministry is bringing life and hope and health to you and to your children to your grandchildren and it's just a law of the universe reciprocity is a law of the universe so you should be able to find the website and find the PayPal logo and even if you don't have a PayPal account it will use your credit card or you can simply mail me a check sending cash in the mail might work if you disguise it it's not usually recommended but anyway PO Box 971 Cedar Park Texas 78630 PO Box 971 Cedar Park two words Cedar like the tree, Cedar Park, Texas, 78630. You're going to have to make it out to me, to my name, Sharon Sarles. And tax write-off. But you will obtain the promises of God. It is God who said, God now, not me, not some faith preacher, Galatians 6 and six, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of his flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit of the spirit shall reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. But it does matter what you plant and where you plant it. Now, I'm not teaching some sort of magic although God may increase your money but clearly you need to give where you're fed Malachi 3 that there might be meat in my house so if I am teaching you word that enlivens you and you want more of that then it's very logical and reasonable that you sow into that you have sowed in other ways to people who have taken your life, given you death, darkness, and misery. And if you want more of that, keep investing there. <laughs> but I'm teaching you the Word, and so the Word of God says you should communicate in all good things. So a little bit of green folding energy. Some people like to say money matters, and we can hide it and pretend that it doesn't matter and anybody who's hiding that if you look closely you'll see it's because something needs to be hidden but even in groups that refuse to speak about money they actually care about it and their care about money twists crumples innervates and brings death Anyway, it goes along with what they're saying if they're hiding and being deceitful. But, contrary-wise, I'm giving this to you. I'm giving this to you. And so it is reasonable for you to give me something back. If This is bringing you hope and health and happiness, and I trust that it is, because I'm preaching to you good news, preaching to you the truth, and proving it to you from scripture I trust you feel it in the spirit so once again if you'd like to send me a check P.O. Box 971 Cedar Park Texas 78630 or 
look on the website, Jesus Pattern Sun, and look for the PayPal logo. And in future, if there are other ways, hallelujah, should be on the website. Okay, and, and if I can put them in show notes, I'll, I'll try that. Anyway, at this time, that's what I know. So I pray for you. I pray, Lord God of the universe, thank you that you allowed us so much biblical knowledge, so much extended family, so much carino, caring and love. And thank you for all the good things, all the praise times, all the hugs and all the beautiful times in the woods. Thank you for all that you gave us. Thank you for this great people in two or three companies, <laughs> in or out, however. Thank you for all of them. Thank you for all that you've given us. Help us to teach aright. Help us to live in your word truthfully, your spirit honestly. Thank you for the joy and peace in believing joy and peace in believing and I pray for the prosperity of these people I pray for their health their healing health and wholeness I pray for their children that their children may grow up around them fruitful and joyful they and their grandchildren I pray your blessings upon them may they know better do better and rejoice more in the mighty name of Jesus Amen. God wants to save you to the uttermost. Jesus is Lord. He is risen. is the lover of your soul and is the judge of all. Thank you so much and may the Lord bless you. Please give us a like wherever you are listening to us so that others might find us. And please share directly with those who might be interested. You are invited to write us at sister at jesuspatternson.org. Sister at jesuspatternson.org. And of course, you are welcome to come to our website at jesuspatternson.org. May the Lord bless you.